street epistemology is a wonderful approach that anyone can learn. You can learn more about street epistemology at streetepistemology.com. Hello, hello. Welcome to the next episode of Epistemic. I'm so glad to be here. It's We've taken a little bit of a hiatus since our last episode. And while it was tempting to not do another one for a while, I thought, what the heck, let's just do a quick update. So I'm joined here today with Dan, who goes by Objectively Dan. And uh, normally our other co-host, Reed, is uh, he's not available today. Um, in fact, he's quitting Epistemic. I'm just joking. He's not. Yeah, I was like, uh, I didn't know that. <laughs> <What> is, <laughs> he's Reed is, uh, from my understanding, is helping out with Camp Quest. He volunteered, and I think he is a counselor somewhere in the California area for Camp Quest. So he's busy this week. He knew that we were doing the show and said, "Go on without us. You know, go on without him. Uh, give everybody an update as far as what's going on." So I thought, and here's the thing, Dan. Like I, I've been meaning to call you. Mm-hmm. and say let's just talk for an hour because yeah. you you are doing so much i'm doing so much there's so much going on and then because we haven't done a show for a long time i, I was thinking well what the heck let's just let's just make our catch-up a show yeah yeah and reed was okay with that doing that without him so so here we are mm-hmm. here um, we are here we are man i don't i've got a whole bunch of stuff written down i, I don't really have a planned order i'm just I'm hoping that as we talk, we end up touching on a lot of the things that I was going to talk about. But, but um, I I don't know if you've jotted down some notes. I, I I would definitely like to hear how things are going with you, and maybe touching on the whole secular student alliance thing. Because yeah, I think that was, that was a really big thing that happened. I think we teased it the last episode, but it's yeah. happened since. It was then. like the week right before I was going to go and then I did it and we haven't talked about it since then. So yeah. I think that's a good place to start since that was kind of the first in all of our event timeline going on um, since the last time. But yeah, it was awesome. Um, I think those of you who haven't seen it already, I have my talk uploaded on my channel at Objectively Dan. Um, and I had the most popular talk there that was put on by a student. And I think my talk rivaled attendance numbers with the opening and closing sessions as well. Um, So I'm really, really proud of myself. I really like the team that came with me that was genetically modified skeptic and telltale atheist, along with a few other friends. Uh, And we just had a great time. I got to meet a lot of different people. Um, We got a lot of different connections. We started our new street epistemology kind of network for the SSA and stuff. We've got email addresses from different leaders and stuff, but we're trying to coordinate signing up mentors with different campus groups. So that's gonna be really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it was just it was just a blast. I had a great time. I, I can't say that this is the first I've heard about your, your escapades there because people have been messaging me, people who were there, people who wish that they were there, people who have seen your talk, so I've been getting feedback on on the the representation of SE at the SSA conference, and it's it was overwhelmingly positive. Uh, Bart awesome. Campolo, who was a speak, I think he was a speaker there, if I'm not mistaken. He was a speaker, yes. He, I don't. Was he at your talk? He attended my talk. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. I, I got. He, to, I asked him to personally <laughs> if he could come to my talk. Did you? <laughs> yeah, I did. 
That was smart. Yeah. Well, he emailed me afterwards. Mm. He said that he was really amazed at, at the presentation and SE, and he uh, he wants to work together in some capacity. I don't know, maybe do a do a podcast interview. I think he has a podcast or something. Yes. So, in fact, I think there was something in the New York Times. Uh, was it the New York Times? There was some article about Bart just a couple of days ago. Um, so he, yeah, he's, he's a, he's a kind of a big player, but he was, he was really interested in SE, very encouraging. I heard from some people from RFR who were there, uh, many people who are in different chapters of the SSA were talking about how good it was. And yeah, you're right that, um, your talk is now available on YouTube. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, um, Drew from genetically modified skeptic helped edit that thing. Yes, he did. And we're using his recording as well. Um, and we had a different uh, recording for the audio, uh, but it got lost. Uh, that was being recorded by the conference itself. And so Drew happened to have his backup audio. So mm-hmm. that's why it's not like the best quality. But hopefully if they're able to recover that in a few weeks or so, when the SSA uploads my talk to their channel, it might be a little bit cleaner. But mm. see, that's what's available right now. So it's about um, we cut out all the um, workshop parts. So the whole thing yeah. is about 40 minutes. Um, but you can totally check it out. And I hear from people that I did a good job. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't think the audio was too bad on it. It didn't, mm-hmm. it did, I didn't notice it. So if I'm not okay. noticing it, it's probably pretty good. Good. If you didn't notice it, then then it's probably fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Okay. Yeah, that was good. Um, that is going to be released. Speaking of audio, we're going to take, well, now I'm kind of wondering if we should wait to see if the SSA salvages any of it because we're going to take the audio of your talk and release it as an episode on the SE podcast, along with a talk that I gave to the American Atheist Convention. Uh, that is available now. I did that back in um, April, the end of uh, the beginning of April, I guess it was. So that's available, and it's it's getting some good views. I think like of all the talks that happened at American Atheists that they put on their YouTube channel so far. I think that talk has the most views on their YouTube channel. Now we've been promoting the hell out of it. Like I've been putting it on freaking the discord server and the Reddit. I just made a post today about it on Reddit. So I'm, I'm trying to promote it as much as possible, but it seems like it's getting some good views. Yeah. I saw it on uh Hemet Meta's blog, I believe. Um, or is it just Pathios maybe? Hem- Hem- uh, no, I, that's different. I think. Yeah, I, I don't think Emin made a post about the presentation. He made a post that was a short video clip of an interview that I did with Seth. Oh, okay. So it wasn't thinking atheist. Okay, I saw that recently on your Twitter. I wasn't sure if that was what it was. Yeah, talking about. we will put links to well Dan's talk, my talk to AA, and then the interview that Seth did in the description of this video. Yeah, yeah, really, really fun stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I, like you said, I've, I've heard nothing but positive things and I, I'm looking forward to doing similar talks like it if I can. Um, I've been uh, talking to different groups in the Texas area, maybe doing some like a Texas tour or something um, to different campuses and kind of talking about it. Um, but we will see. Uh, I was also recently on the show Miracles and Atheists. Um, I talked to a pastor um, about a miracle claim that he had, um, and that was really interesting. It was a Christian show, um, and uh, I think that was uh, it was a really good talk. I think I got to do a lot of SE on that, um, and you can kind of find that on the Miracles and Atheist website, miraclesatheist.com. Um, and tomorrow I'm going to be on the um, 
oh, what is it called? Uh, Decon it's the Deconversion Stories podcast, discussing deconversion. Oh, it's called. Um, yeah, I, I recently got in contact with them, and, and they'd like to talk to me about their story and stuff. I know like Dan Barker and some other people have been on that podcast before, so mm. um, it'll be really fun to do that. I, I discussing deconversion, I think, is what it's called. I feel so bad because I <laughs> I don't even know the name of it. Um, mm. But yeah, that's that's on my radar. So that's cool. Voices of deconversion. Got it. Okay, voices of deconversion. So yeah, that's great. <laughs> Are you tweeting that stuff out? Because uh, I would be interested in listening to that. I will tweet it out once it's ready. Yeah, we're going to do okay. the interview tomorrow. And it's going to be recorded and then uploaded later. Um, yeah. So, and yeah. Okay. Yeah. go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was going to say, I was in Los Angeles for the last couple of weeks hanging out with family, but I was able to kind of get my atheist my atheist fix here and there and, and my street epistemology fixed as well. A couple of things that I did. I met up. One of the first things I did in LA is I went to USC, University of Southern California, and I met up with a guy named Dr. Jonas Kaplan. That name might be familiar to a few people. He co-authored. Is it a co-author? If you if there's three people. Yes. Is it okay? Well, he co-authored co-authored a paper with Sam Harris and Sarah Gimble on basically they took people and put them in MRIs. And then mm -hmm. ask them questions to challenge their position on things. Basically, looking at what the brain does when people might be experiencing cognitive dissonance or that backfire effect. And he wrote a paper with those those folks. I got a chance to meet with Dr. Kaplan, Jonas. Yeah. And and so he gave me a tour. We walked into this room, and there were there were these university students on this one side of the glass and on the other side of the glass was an fMRI machine and they had somebody in there and they were doing experiments. So we didn't spend that much time in there because we didn't want to mess up their, up, up their, um, their study, but that was neat. And then we, we ended up sitting down and talking for a good hour about street epistemology and the videos. And they had suggestions for me or like questions like, um, you know, have you have you considered spending a little bit more time talking about your objectives because it might open people up a little bit more if you did so so then we started talking about well you know i don't want to overwhelm them i want to kind of is there's a lot of hurdles you have to clear before somebody will even stop to talk with you on camera so i don't want to overwhelm people but but anyways we we talked for i mean like an hour just going over all sorts of things and how we might be able to study the effectiveness of street epistemology in some way and we brainstormed and came up with a few good ideas that i'm that i'm putting some thought behind and maybe by the end of this year we could actually come up with some sort of first pass step at trying to quantify the effectiveness of se yeah i think that that's freaking amazing like that that could really be fun that's got to be the next big step we have to people ask people, people you know, ask all the time people yeah. see the videos and and they see people who are questioning things and even discarding those beliefs uh but people particularly skeptics they want to see the data where's the data that backs up what you're telling us and what I say to that question is, we we don't have any. There yeah. is no data. Don't which use is, videos as data. Yeah, which is like super ironic, considering most people that do SC are skeptics and people who are in kind of the skeptical community. But yeah, 
it's it's weird it's one of those things where we we kind of did it the other way around we kind of started using the method first before we knew <laughs> how well it worked i don't know um it seems to be working pretty well for me I mean, yeah i mean <laughs> i think the videos are compelling yeah i think so too and it's like there's something there there's something going on mm -hmm. yet how, how how can we measure this in a more rigorous lab type of setting in a, in a more controlled environment so they gave me some ideas and so i've been thinking about that but but that was cool and then coincidentally i was uh i was at the beach doing this volleyball thing with my daughter and it turned out that guy p harrison who is an author he's written several books uh many people probably have his book this is his latest one at least know this mm. and I, I was able to i saw on facebook that he was at the same volleyball tournament with his daughter that i was with mine so we messaged each other and I bought his book and I had it delivered like two days later. Wow. But it, no he showed up with a book signed and everything. So I have an extra one that I think I'm going to donate to the ACA library. Sweet. Give that to the library next time I'm out there, which I think is going to be anyways. He's a, he's a cool guy, great author. And uh, if, if you haven't read any of his books, uh, you might want to look into those. Um, but I'm going to be at the ACA. I think, think in two weeks to go on talk heathen oh nice which cool. is something that you have done yes if i'm not mistaken that it was a last minute thing uh i don't know if he wants me to tell me this but jamie was running late that day <laughs> and i happened to be visiting and they're like you want to come on and i was like heck yeah i do so they put me in a giant atheist experience t-shirt and i just went on and it was really fun <laughs> Um, I didn't. Oh, I didn't realize the backstory. So when yeah. he shows up late and he walks in and he sees you're in the in the chair, yeah, is he just shit out of luck or what? I, I, he walked in right as we were starting, so uh -huh. it was kind of like, oh, hey, what's up? You know. Um, so and he was cool with it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was fine with it. I think. Uh, I think they told me I did a good job anyway. Um, but speaking of the ACA, maybe yeah. I should talk about Fuck my yeah. project. Yeah, and speaking like I was, I was on the beach, and you had your first thing going on, mm -hmm. and I was like, you know, I don't want to step on his his thing here, but I also want to call in and see how it's going. So yeah, but yeah, let's give a little, maybe bring us up to speed as far as what we're talking about here. Yeah, so uh, I've been visiting the ACA for the past like year or so. I'm, I'm pretty good friends with everybody down there, um, and I've helped uh, do the call screenings and stuff in the past. Um, so I've developed a really good relationship and I've been talking with a producer, uh, Mark Vanderbreek, and I, I said to him one day, just one weekend when I was visiting, like, hey, you know, wouldn't it be cool if we just had like an SE show, like a street epistemology show where people could potentially call in or come on and, and we could just kind of have conversations about beliefs that way. And uh, he was very interested. And the more I kind of thought about it, the more I kind of, you know, had some more ideas. So I wrote him a little outline. We started talking. Um, we met with him and, and they pre presented it to the board and stuff. And uh, we've been going through a few test episodes of this new street epistemology show, which we're planning on launching. Uh, we don't exactly have a name for it yet. We want to use the name Tell Me More, but we found out that NPR had a show a few years ago called Tell Me More. And uh, they're not producing anymore, but we're still emailing them and looking into that. Um, but we're going to get graphics designed and stuff. We're going to... Uh, test out some new segments again this week. Um, so that's just kind of what we're doing now. We're just doing some test shows, which just means that we're receiving calls live 
um, but we're not actually broadcasting live. We might upload the footage later to YouTube, but um, right now we're just kind of seeing what works and what doesn't work and stuff. And so okay. if you want to call in on 6.30 Central Time Friday and be a part of this new you know, show, uh, it's the same number as the Atheist Experience and Talk Heathen Everybody. It's 512-686-0279. Say it again. That's 512-686-0279. And um, you can call in and, and we'll get you on the show. Uh, it's it's going really well. I wasn't too sure about the first episode. It seemed okay. It was like, all right, it's kind of new. But the second one, we actually had a pastor call in. Um, we had lots of people asking about SE, um, and uh, I got an I don't know out of the pastor, which makes me feel pretty good about what I'm doing up there, and uh, everyone seems to really like it. So, yeah, look forward to having another program coming out of the Atheist, atheist Community Austin. That's uh, good, man. Be... You know, I, I found Mark, the producer there, to be really open to all sorts of ideas. Mm-hmm. So that's cool, and, and very supportive, too. That's that's really cool. Um Gosh, there's got to be some big challenges. I, I think there's some, I would imagine there's some huge differences and challenges for a SE call-in show as opposed to initiating or passively initiating talks like Reed might do with his table. Right. Yeah. So the biggest number one challenge that we've been discussing with people is how do we get people to call in? Mm-hmm. Uh, because, I mean, the atheist experience had that for a while it kind of still does in a way but most people know what the atheist experience is i mean it's pretty popular if you have a show like ours it's kind of brand new and people don't know what it's about we don't really have that legacy or that yeah. reputation so uh, you know but if you're using the f- same phone number you're kind of pr- you're going to probably get i don't know i'd say 20 percent of the people who might be calling in for axp could end up calling into your show I think so. There was a guy that called last time that was asking for Matt Dillahunty. And I was like, no, I'm not Matt. He's not here. That's that's another thing. So um, oh, that's great. It's kind of interesting. So we've been experimenting with how to get people to call in. Um, we've had some pretty good call-ins so far, like I said, because we've been pushing it really, really hard. Um, but again, it would help if even if you're it doesn't matter if you have a claim you want to call in or not. If you just want to talk about street epistemology or ask me a question, definitely call in this Friday and check on my Twitter to see when we're doing uh, broadcasts of the show and stuff, which should be coming up pretty soon. But again, we're just doing some test runs right now and seeing where it goes. And we're also going to experiment with a co-host this time. Um, and how we're doing that is just for segments and not particularly with calls. So with calls, we'll have to switch off because it, it's easier to have a one-on-one conversation with street epistemology than have like two street epistemologists try to talk at the same time to the person because that can go kind of crazy. Um, so I'm going to have genetically modified skeptic uh, call in through Skype, I believe. And he's going to be kind of, you know, this kind of voice in the air that you'll hear. And he'll be able to interact with people who are on calls and stuff. So, again, we're just oh. trying stuff out. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I see. Um, you'd have a co-host, but that would only be uh, – he wouldn't – he or she wouldn't physically be there. They don't have to be there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we definitely could. But um, – mm-hmm. I would love to feature people from all around this street epistemology community, which is just all over the world. And most of those guys don't live in Texas. So, you know, if we could have someone new from somewhere else every week, you know, um, and they could help me co-host, that would be really grand. And also to try to show off other channels and stuff and other, 
people and how they're doing their thing. So. Oh yeah, there's probably a good dozen people who are semi-regularly uploading SE content that would probably love to be a co-host on your show. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's neat. Have you have you given some thought as to how you can get? Like, I understand there's going to probably be a lot of atheists, maybe who, or yeah, maybe atheists who are looking for better ways to have conversations that might want to call into here to to ask you some se questions. Mm -hmm. But what what would you say is like the the most creative idea you've come up with to get theists to call in, or or maybe maybe not even God believers, but just people to make people who make claims that they want to have se'd. Have well, you, we can you share any of that? We, so yeah, a lot of it's just in the works and we don't know what we're actually going to try and what we're not going to try. One thing we have been discussing, and I actually talked about this with you, was actually having somebody physically available on like a college campus or uh, some sort of public place where they could have a camera in front of them, or not even a camera, just even a microphone, um, where they could actually call in and sit down like at a table mm. and then just see me on a screen and we could just talk to each other that way. And so the feed from that goes to where I'm at in the studio um, and then broadcast it out on YouTube or wherever else we're going to be broadcasting. Um, and so it would kind of like what Reed does, you know, setting up a table and having people come talk to him, but instead doing it all live. Yeah. Um, okay. So you have, I don't know, let's say four or five people at a certain time all across the country or even the world flagging people down who might be interested in talking to you and then you have the conversation they might be able to see you that's not a bad idea you know what would be cool is if if the the person who's sort of flagging people down could then re basically record the person sitting there and then you can match it up later and then maybe release it as a just to like Patreons or something like a yeah. bonus feature. So you can see the person who was having the conversation with you that you weren't able to at the time, maybe. Mm, that might be interesting. Yeah, that would be interesting. Uh, like I said, it's just something that we've been kind of talking about. Um, and the ACA has never done anything like that before. Yeah, technically it could be tricky. Mm -hmm. There's another thing too, is there are so many people who support street epistemology, but don't feel comfortable having conversations. That's true. Yeah. But they might be willing to do that leg of it. Like, mm -hmm. hey, I could be a handler. I could I can find people for you to talk to. And then that's sort of the, their way of contri contributing to SE. Yeah. But not having to be on the on the in the hot seat to have the conversation. Absolutely. Yeah. Um uh, honestly, uh, for me to have this show going, it's going to take a community effort of some sort. You know, just doing it us by me by myself at the studio, I'm not going to get that many calls. It, it really comes in mm -hmm. from who is willing to help me out trying to get people to call in and, and yeah. uh, have these kinds of conversations and make the show really successful. Maybe um, maybe the SSAs can help out in some way. Yeah, that's true. That's true. We could well, do something. That's good, man. I, I hope nothing uh, but success for that. That's cool to see. That's cool yeah. to see that going. Are you going to the back cruise by any chance? I don't even know when it is. Do you know when uh, it is? I don't know. I, I should know this. It's. I think it's in September. But yeah, the ACA has a back cruise, and I think they're. I think they have Mandisa Thomas coming as a speaker. Ooh. And I, I bought two tickets, but I don't know if I'm going. Okay. So I may, I may give those away, or I may use one and just waste the other, or give the other one away, or maybe I'll end up buying two more so my whole family can go. 
That's awesome. Yeah, I actually uh, met Mandisa Thomas again um, at the Secular Student Alliance conference. She was there at that as well. Uh, she was at the the American Atheist Convention. Right. Yeah. Um, it was a uh, it was a pleasure meeting her again. So, yeah, I don't know, man. It's gonna be a really interesting little experiment here. Mark really doesn't want us to start broadcasting until we really feel like we know what we're doing and we're really polished and stuff. So mm -hmm. um, I don't mind all the testing and stuff, but it is kind of antsy. It is kind of like, I want to get this on the road, you know, but there's been so much progress that's been made. And um, I am really happy that this is taking off. Like, it's not just the pipe dream. We're really making it happen. So, yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, that, that would take mm -hmm. some coordination to get people like to be fielding calls to you. But um, yeah, I, I understand how you want to kind of get it a little bit more fine tuned before you before you launch it. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. that's the challenge. Like for, for me, when I went out doing SE, I was failing, but I, I think I was failing forward and growing. And, and I guess it's kind of neat to look back and see that progression. But I can I can see the the desire to want to kind of start putting your best foot forward for a, mm -hmm. for a high profile show like that. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing also is that I think this show is going to be a little bit different from other ACA productions in that we're going to try to do a little more variety with different segments. Uh, last time we met about it, I don't think we want to do it just all call-ins all the time. Mm -hmm. We definitely want that to be a major emphasis of the show. Um, but realistically speaking, that may not be an option for us. So we're going to, again, we're trying out with different segments and stuff. Um, I won't say what we're doing and what we're not it's just because I don't want to give any false hopes off the ground. But yeah, uh, we're, we're definitely trying some stuff out. So and it's so I got to tell you, Anthony, it's so neat to have people down at the ACA who are helping me out with this, like getting this started. I have I mean, you've met the crew down there. They're, they're really great and really awesome at making sure that stuff gets posted every week from all their shows. And uh, a lot of the people there are just doing it volunteer. They're not getting paid for it. This is just something they're really passionate about. So props to those guys and everyone who's been helping me out make this show become a thing because it would not be a thing without you guys. So, yeah, for sure, they they work really hard, mm -hmm. and and their 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 technical abilities keep getting better. It seems too. They they really pay attention to the audio, and if the they do a lot of things on the back end, maybe even after the live show, but before the podcast gets released to level the balance, you know, level the, the audio. I think they even do that live during the show. Now that I think about it Yes. where so like if the caller is super loud, they bring that down. So it's consistent with the host volume level. So they, they do some great things. Yeah. They're, they're always monitoring volume and stuff uh, during the recording even, and uh, you know, screening calls and, and doing all kinds of stuff. So it's, it's really fantastic. And I'm so lucky to be able to do something like this. I know there's a million people out there, who would kill for a chance to have a show at the ACA. So I'm just, I'm yeah. lucky. what can I say? You know, that, that kind of reminds me, um, when I started going out and doing SE, mm -hmm. I, I distinctly remember thinking, you know, if, if there was somebody who was, if we, if we were to find somebody on camera who we had an interview with and they eventually abandoned their belief and they were willing to be public about that, in the way that you have, I, I always thought, I thought, you know, if somebody were to go through that process, I think it would get a lot of attention. And I think um, that that person would really have a lot of opportunities 
because of because of that, that those steps that they used. To, I mean, those those the, that process I think is just so fascinating. And now here we are. I mean, like this this is sort of kind of what I was always thinking. Like, um, a lot of people would notice this, and I think a lot of people would be interested in it. And, and it's, it's cool that you um, that you're doing that. Do you do you find that some? Is it a lot of pressure though? I I, I, I that was always in the back of my mind too. Like, I could mm -hmm. see this happening. But I could also think that it would be a, 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 a an immense amount of pressure for that person to well, have that type of um, spotlight on their story. Like, I that. mean, here's the thing. I mean, nobody told me to do this. You know what I mean? Uh, nobody told me to come talk to you again or to go to the conferences that we have or to start this show. I mean, a lot of this was just me wanting to help out the movement more than anything. It's just me trying to give back for what everyone has been doing for all these years without me, you know, um, I am happy to be representative of the possibilities of the method. I think it's an honor, first of all, and um, it really is a joy to be where I'm at now uh, because I have, uh, I would say, a purposeful intention with, with what I'm doing now. It's, it's like I'm... I feel like I'm doing something really good for people. And, you know, that kind of, there is a little bit of pressure and there is a little bit of that kind of responsibility there, but it's something I take on really willingly. Um, you know, I'm, I don't know what I'm going to be doing five years from now, but I hope I am going to keep being involved in this community and helping get more and more people out there to kind of use this method or something like it to have better conversations because I know the effects of, how it can help people uh, more so than most people. And so it's just wonderful to be here. I'll, I'll, I'll put it that way, you know. Cool. Well, you know, friend to friend, just like don't let it overwhelm you because uh, there's a lot that needs to be done to promote SE and to grow it and to, I mean, to keep it moving forward. And it, it could really be overwhelming. So, yeah. Um, if you ever feel like you're getting overwhelmed with it, I hope you um, let me know so I can you know, <laughs> I appreciate help that. you or you know talk you off the ledge. You know, I'm I made that mistake at first. I really just wanted to dive in. I was like, oh, if I got a camera up, I could I could start going on the streets and start doing stuff. And you know, I work, I do school right now. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm I have a family here, and I. I, I've got a lot of things going on in my life right now. You know, I'm, I'm still only 22. So it's like, I have to sometimes stop and remind myself that it's okay that I'm not doing everything all at once now. Um, and at first the podcast was, was just great, but I definitely wanted to do more. Um, and I'm really glad that this show seems to be like a really good avenue for me so far because I have a production team of people who are helping me put this out there mm -hmm. and I'm not like doing everything by myself. Um, it sucks having to drive to Austin every weekend because I, I don't have the gas money for that, but I do it anyway because I, like I said, I'm so, I don't want to use the word blessed, but really I am lucky to have this opportunity. I mean, it's, it's really great. Um, I would expect just as much from somebody else who has the things that were given to me, if not more, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about? I've got a whole list of stuff here. Uh, I mean, I don't know if you wanted to talk about that podcast. 
uh, that recently came out about us or not. <laughs> oh, the apologist thing? Yeah. I don't we know could talk about it if you want. What, what else you got? What else you got? Uh, let's see. Uh, we I don't think we mentioned it the last podcast, but we have an FAQ that was added to the SE website. Mm. And it's kind of funny that we, we've had the website for a long time and we've never had an FAQ. And somebody thought, you know, this might be a good use of your time if you could put this together. So we, we got a couple of volunteers, Christine and Tim. I'm going to just, Timothy, I'll just use their first names because I don't know if they want us to mention their names. Mm -hmm. uh, and Joe all helped putting that together. And it's really good. It takes the top, like the, well, the frequently asked questions, the things that we tend to see a lot in the Facebook groups. So we added that to the SE website. Um, and that kind of also got me thinking of the, the frequent critiques I tend to see on about street epistemology. So that's inspired me to write a blog post. So that's on my list of things to do. And I asked people in, in the main Facebook group, that's, that's the, I think we're closing in on 5,000 people. I asked them, when you read a critique about SE, what's the one thing that tends to keep coming up again and again that they're just, they're, they're confused on, but they keep mentioning it. And then we always keep talking about it in the group, but they always keep, whenever there's another critique, they kind of talk about the same things again. So I got a good, a couple of good ideas there. I think I could write a blog post to talk about 10 things, uh, 10 common misrepresentations or misunderstandings of SE that everybody should understand before they write an article about SE. Mm. Um, because yeah, like I see these critiques again and again. So I'm, I, th I think I want to take a stab at that, but I also agreed, um, a fellow from the American atheists reached out asking if I would write, help them write a toolkit on how to have more effective conversations with people. Ooh, so now, I don't published... know how many people see these American atheist toolkits, but they have several on their website. Okay. So I agreed to do that. So I think I need, I'm going to knock that out first and then work on the blog post uh, in between doing all sorts of other stuff like going onto the street or editing a video. I've got several videos in the queue that I want to get to, but there's just all these other things that keep coming. So I'm finding myself asking myself more and more, what's the best use of my time? Mm -hmm. Is it better to, to edit a video that's a conversation that kind of follow the similar the similar kind of discussion that you might see on a video of mine in the past or writing a toolkit for American atheists. What, what's the bigger bang for the, for my time here? So I, I've, I'm trying to be a little bit more strategic, I suppose, with my time. Yeah. I mean, I tell you my answer, you know, I think that's a great opportunity, you know, having you publish for other websites besides just the street epistemology one mm -hmm. is a really good way to kind of legitimize us and also just to give people a source to cite when they're talking about SE, you know, mm -hmm. what they can refer back to. I think that's a, that's a great idea. Yeah. I'm really so glad that they, that one, they got that. I, I was, I was tickled to, 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 that they would even ask me to write it. So, mm -hmm. so I agreed to do it. I came up with a rough outline. I've got the thumbs up on that. It's just a matter of putting some, putting some skin on the bones and putting it together. Mm. So that, yeah, that could be, that could be pretty good. Um, you know, I, I don't mind the critiques of SE really like mm -hmm. uh, writing the blog post is not meant to discourage people from critiquing it. But when you see the same misrepresentations or misunderstandings again and again, right? This whole concept of we are we are avoiding facts because we don't want to hear your facts. We don't want your evidence when we're doing SE. 
-hmm. that's really not what's what's going on there. Uh, if your if your belief is based on evidence, we want to hear your evidence. Right. But right, like every single time this critique comes up, and we keep addressing it, but maybe we're just our own. We're we're too encapsulated. We're our explanation of what that's all about is not making it out into the broader market. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. This kind of goes into this kind of podcast that we're kind of referencing here. I'm assuming that's what you were referencing as far as. Not specifically. Okay. They do mention that mm -hmm. I mean, it comes up in every, every critique. Yeah. Bogosian specifically mentions to avoid facts. Yeah. Well, it's a little more nuanced than that. Yeah, that definitely sounds really bad out of context, I think. Um, and you know how I I feel about the book as well. I think the book is great. It's definitely not perfect. And it definitely reflects a different time than what we view about epistemology now. Um, and I love to have like a manual 2.0, essentially. And if that has to be through FAQs or through, you know, toolkits and stuff, I think that's that's a great way to do it because going back to the book can be problematic sometimes because people can kind of take some of these quotes and things that, you know, that can be uh, interpreted in different lights. Yeah. Well, yeah. every critique that we, that I tend to see, okay, mm -hmm. not everyone, the majority of the critiques that I see it, it typically mention the origination of SE, which is Peter's mm -hmm. book. And there's a lot of challenging, semi-problematic, maybe even problematic things that he says that we I didn't agree. recognize at the time when the book came out because there were not a lot of people having talks using the method to realize how problematic they were. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so um, perhaps a book or a document or some, some product from Bogosian himself acknowledging the things in the first book and saying, okay, this is what I said and this is where we're at now. I think it'd be really helpful for SE mm -hmm. because it seems like people aren't taking my word for it. I mean, they, they tend to keep going back to the original, original documentation. So maybe, maybe it will take a book by Bogosian. Now I, I honestly, I think he's actually working on a second and possibly third book. And I think he plans on addressing the things that we've learned about SE since mm. the first book. That's the impression that I've, I've gotten from him from some of the conversations I've had with him. That would be when, nice. Yeah, but when is that? When will that book come out? Yeah. What for, exactly will be in the book? Will it satisfy people who who are so fixated on the first book? Well, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, it, it'll be interesting to see what the reaction is to to a, a second book if he even comes out with it. Yeah, I know you don't want to hear this from me, but you know, if you wrote a book, I'd buy it. Oh, I think other people give would. You one, man. Well, I'm just saying, like, I think, I mean, you know, this most people when I mean, people talk about Dr. Bogosian and, and I, I've never met the man. And so, you know, he, as far as I know, he just wrote this book that kind of started this whole thing. You know, most interactions I get from people are talking about you and what you do and, and how you're kind of this new symbolic figurehead of this movement. I mean, does that have any weight on you? Do you feel like that's accurate in a sense? Or do you think that like you're kind of a, an authority on the method now that could I, maybe, I think, I'm, I think it's fair to say I'm a, an authority on the method. Yeah. Um, per, you know, perhaps a, a figurehead of it or the face of it. And people have said, you know, you're the face of this, whether you like it or not. Mm -hmm. 
because if someone invites me on a podcast to talk about SE, I'm going to probably do it. Right. Unless, right. unless there, it's just a, you know, a really rinky dink thing or, I mean, even if there was, I don't know, I've even gone on podcasts. It's our first episode. Cause I want to just help them out. Um, yeah. Th- I, have we talked about this before? I think we have, but yeah, there's, there's, de- there's definitely pressure. Um, so like a good example is I did this interview with Seth mm-hmm. at, we, he filmed it at the American atheist convention and it was the third day of a ridiculously crazy three day weekend. Um, and he's like, last minute, he's like, Hey, I'll, well, all weekend long, he was saying, Hey, let's do a sit down. I want to interview you. Well, I think I had like two beers or something. <laughs> and, and he, he's like, Hey, I, you know, I've got a mic set up in that back room. Let's do this interview. I guess what I'm getting at is, is um, I was being very cautious with how I was responding to some question about Socrates, because I don't really know a lot about Socrates or Plato. Mm. Um, but somebody, somebody jumped on that. Like, he seems awfully unsure about the Socratic method. <laughs> so um, then you, you sort of like, well, what, you know, why are they jumping on that? Like, can you just focus on the work that I'm putting out? But anyways, um, yeah, this is sort of a roundabout way of me saying that um, there's definitely pressure, I guess, which is why I probably I could recognize it as a possibility for you. Yeah. So it's weird because I feel like the attention I get versus the attention you get is unjustified in the sense that my contributions to the SE movement have been minimal in comparison. I mean, like I, I'm, I'm just here, you know, I'm just a guy that, that this kind of worked on, you know, um, there's other guys like Reed and, and, and uh, Ben and all these other guys who've been doing these kinds of videos for years and years and years. And, and I think that they should be the ones who have been, you know, recognize it and being able to do talks and things like that. Um, and I I'm, think that will come. Yeah. I mean, that will come for those folks. Mm-hmm. Reed's given talks. Ty yeah, Reed has given talks. Yeah. Yeah. Tyrone Wells with Let's Chat has given talks. I think yeah. Eddie from Deep Discussions is giving talks. In mm-hmm. fact, that reminds me, um, I've received a couple invitations to do podcasts. And what I'm doing now is asking if they will allow me to bring somebody else on with me. So Eddie from Deep Discussions and I have a podcast coming up in three weeks or something. Nice. Ben for uh, Ben Diesel with um, crap Seeds of Doubt. Yes. Okay, he's out of South Africa. He and I are going to be on a podcast together. So um, I'm completely cognizant of this perception that that there's just a few people that are like that come to mind when you think of SE. But we need to get to the point where. No, it's this community of contributors who are making this thing grow. It's not just one person. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. if, if you know, if I say something stupid or don't come across well in an interview, it shouldn't, or get arrested for doing something. And I know we've <laughs> talked about this before. <laughs> I always yeah. bring this up. Yeah, I don't um, know. Street epistemology should not rest and fall on how one particular person presents themselves, whether it's Bogosian or myself or mm-hmm. you. This this method stands and falls on its own, regardless of the people who who um, who promote it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. There's one label that I get called that I actually hate. I don't mind everything else, but there's one that I hate, and I get called your protege. Oh, I hate that too. I hate I've that been word called too. It several times. <laughs> I'm not out there like saying, "Call him my protege." Yeah, yeah. It's like I don't because uh, I guess it's hard because people don't really necessarily understand. Uh, our relationship unless they really knew us but like 
I just kind of approached you one day and then I kind of did really have done kind of my own thing since the start. You know, I mean, I've been on the podcast here with you, but it's like, I don't know. I feel like I'm, I'm definitely not. I, I've learned from a lot of different people, you know, and mm-hmm. you're definitely one of them. But it's like I'm, I'm also trying to do my own thing. Like with this show that I'm starting up, it's not going to be like how you do interviews or how Reed does interviews or anything. I'm really trying to make it my own method um yes. and you know that, that's the direction i think would be the wisest way to go like yeah you don't want to be a clone um yeah do, mm-hmm. do your own thing because what you end up doing could be far more effective and reach a lot of other people if if everyone was going out and doing se the same way mm-hmm. why would anyone want to move off of one particular channel to see other examples Right. So we want we want diversity. We want people experimenting, and and yes, maybe occasionally look to see what's happening in the community. Like, oh wow, people are tending to film with two cameras. That's kind of interesting. Like, there mm-hmm. could be some good things that you can take away from watching it. But I would say, like, this is what I like about people getting into this more mm-hmm. is because it adds competition to it, and I think competition is good and and healthy, and I think it's gonna it's gonna result in in really fantastic videos there will be conversations that have not happened yet that will be better because people said i want to go out and be better at this i want to be different i want to bring my own my own flavor to this 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 method yeah yeah absolutely i think uh and we've talked about this too at the faithless forum uh, and i'm friends with a lot of the guys that do a lot of atheist content and youtube in general where it's such a the community there is very similar in the sense that it's a lot of promoting each other and wanting to see everyone else improve. It's Mm -hmm. a kind of healthy competition. Um, And I I tell people who are asking me like, Oh man, how do you do this? Like, how did you get into this? I'm like, I I knew a lot of great people that were willing to help me out and I'm willing to extend to you those benefits too. If you're really serious about it and you really want to get into it because the more people that are doing it, the better. Um, Even if you think like you don't have, that much to contribute, I guarantee your perspective is going to be different. You just have to, you know, really go out there and try. Yeah. Um, and, and my style yeah. may not resonate with, with a viewer, but reads does. I've even seen comments where somebody said, I just, I just, yeah, Anthony has a lot of content out there. Reed is far better at this. And that that's fine. Like, I, I think that that's great. And I, mm-hmm. I think um, the more people we have out there putting out content, the better it is for SE. Yeah, for sure. The diversity is valued in this yeah. community, for sure. All right. What else are we going to talk about here? Did, you, did I tell you that I met with Reed? Um, we ended up doing some SE together. Yeah, you should have mentioned that. I don't think you did earlier. Yeah. So while I was in California, I met up with Reed from Cordial Curiosity, the other co-host of the show. Mm-hmm. And I was out there with my whiteboard and he had his table, which... This this comes up every time that we're there. I, I think this is the third time that I've done this with him. But we start debating or discussing the pros and cons of each approach. So somebody was asking me because we up we we put some pictures out. I think they're on my Facebook page, Magnabosco two ten, where I was sitting at Reed's table and somebody asked, uh, "Did I like it? What was different about it?" So it got me thinking that maybe read, maybe that could actually make for either a good blog post to put on the Street Epistemology podcast, or maybe a discussion here on epistemic. I'm thinking maybe a discussion on epistemic. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'd love to hear you guys' thoughts on that because I was with there with you guys too at American Atheists. And uh, let me tell you, when a whole bunch of street epistemologists get together to do street epistemology, there's something magical that goes on. I got to tell you, because the discussions you have with each other are not like any other kinds of discussions. I, it's, it's really a, a unique thing. But yeah, I mean, I remember even then we were talking about different ways of doing the approach. And I can't remember everything that we talked about, but I think it's definitely something we should bring up again, at least here on the show. Yeah, I seem to I seem to remember us talking about different styles, but maybe we should get into it now that now that um, we've done it three times now, where I've sat down at his thing and he stood up and did, done interviews. That we should probably we should probably revisit that again. Hopefully, if I get the show going, I'll be able to chime in with my own style. The right, call the call yeah. style. Yeah, brand new territory here. Mm-hmm. So, like three approaches there. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm I'm looking at my notes. I don't really see anything. Have we? Did we mention the latest releases playlist on the last one, the last episode? I think we did. Yeah. Okay. Uh, if you want to briefly. Yeah. Let's let's, let's throw that out there again. So, and this is incredible. Um, there are so many people who are uploading SE related content, whether it's a completely different podcast that we're not even aware of that did a show on street epistemology, or maybe a critique of street epistemology, or it was a it was a half a it was a half hour podcast and they spent fifteen minutes talking about it or people are uploading. We've created a playlist on YouTube. Uh, we'll put a link right here to it, and we'll also put it in the description. But it's updated almost daily. We have Ben Diesel out of South Africa and we have Linda Mako out of Finland. They watch the content that's being produced that touches on SE and they throw it in a playlist. And then at the end of the month, they take those videos and they roll them into these monthly playlists. So eventually we're going to have playlist, you know, you'll, you'll be able to go to 2018 and see 12 months of playlists. But anyways, there's what, there's this one called newest releases. So if there's somebody out there and they upload a SE video, we're going to stick it in there and you can see it. So if you, I think the URL is tinyurl.com forward slash SE latest releases. If you type that in, Oh, okay. We should probably plug the, the website too. Somebody created yeah. a website that redirects to this as well. Do you remember what it is offhand? Um, no. <laughs> Shoot. Um, but there's Tempted a website. Yes. Gannon created something. Uh, shoot. I feel bad now. Uh, do you want to ask? I, I mean, I could, but. Okay. Yeah, I'm kind of busy we're, right now. We're live right now. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, maybe someone will type it in. But anyways, um, we'll we'll put a link to that, and you can go there, and it's it's really updated. Um, the talk that I did with Seth is in there. The talk for American Atheists, Dan's talk to the Secular Student Alliance, Tyrone Wells gave a talk that's in there, and then there's all the chats that we have too. So I had a chat with a woman about karma that's in there. Um, I would imagine if you go live with a show, Dan, we'd probably stick your episodes in there too. Yeah, speaking of which, I haven't actually asked you through message, but uh, we would like to try a segment on the show where we kind of do what we kind of did here on Epistemic for a while, which was analyzing video clips and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'd love for the first kind of test run of this is to use that clip of you talking to that girl about karma, uh, the same clip that I used for my talk. Oh, Uh, yeah. Okay, of course. The one that you used in your workshop? 
Yeah, uh -huh. yeah, yeah, kind of using it as this thing, and, and maybe getting other people from the community to submit their clips and stuff for us to talk about between me yeah. and another guest co-host. I would mm -hmm. love to kind of emulate what I think what we tried here on Epistemic has been a real good success, and I would love it if we could up the production quality to what we have at the ACA um, and yeah. do more of that. So That reminds me, um, there are a lot of people who are willing to go out and have a general caveat se is not only about recording talks in public with strangers mm -hmm. however there are some people who want to do it but they don't want to create a youtube channel or a brand or they they, they might go out once for a year and have five talks and t they they have a good talk out of that five for example mm -hmm. they don't have an avenue to distribute it basically so i was thinking of um, creating a playlist maybe on my channel where people could send me their video and then I can upload it to my channel and then hit my subscribers. And then, of course, we could add it to that playlist too. So people could could um, give that person some feedback. So I think that might be a good avenue for people who they don't go all, out all that much. They're not interested in, in, in the pressure of having to keep uploading content. But... People might be incentivized to go out one weekend uh, out of a year if they know that 30,000 people might watch it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's true. So that's that's an option too. But yeah, I mean, even those one-offs can possibly be sent into your show and, and you can take a look at it. Yeah, I would love to at least experiment with it and see because I think what we did here on Epistech was kind of unique in that... I guess Tyrone and those guys are kind of doing a similar thing with their show now, too. Right. Um, There's a show called The League of SE Reviewers, I mm -hmm. think it's called. And it's great. I think they have their fifth episode out. Yeah. So I would love to kind of do something similar for our show. I think they only break down their own videos, though. Okay. Okay. So we can but do I, don't know, I don't know if, how rigid they are on that. Yeah. We'll have to see. Like I said, we're still trying things out. So it'll be interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, that's that's it for me. I, I'm I'm busy, you know, working on the toolkit, uh, putting together a blog post, uh, updating the thumbnails on my videos. There's um, some some footage from NanoCon that I'm really excited about. I, I was. Were you at NanoCon? I was not at NanoCon. Okay, yeah. I, I probably asked you that before. Mm -hmm. uh, it's all a blur. Yeah. Um, I sat down with Matt Dillahunty, and we were talking about the different styles, the different tactics that are available to us, and it was a great talk. And I think I'm finally going to get my hands on that footage. I'm going to ask if I do, and it's good. I'm going to ask Matt if he wants, if he's okay, if I release it on my channel or if he wants to release it uh, on his, I hope he says I'd like to release it on mine because he has a wider reach, but, but that's kind of where we're at. Uh, lots of other little projects. Uh, I think I mentioned. I think I mentioned everything that's pretty much going on. There's a lot going on. Mm -hmm. There mm -hmm. really is a lot going on. But we have. There's many, many people who are in this community who are helping out. I have people who are contributing and adding English captions to the talk that I gave to American atheists. And there are people who are standing by, ready to take that English file and convert it into foreign languages. So there might be three or four or five different language variations for the captions on that talk. Really good stuff. Yeah, yeah. And uh, as far as my end, like I said, doing work in school, that's really fun. And uh, also trying to get this show off the ground. Been doing a lot of contacting with people and testing things and 
Um, if you have any input or ideas or suggestions, I'd love to hear it. You can find me on Twitter at ObjectivelyDan, and we're probably going to create a public page for this new show as well, which I think I will have access to, so I can finally separate my personal Facebook account um, with kind of all of my public stuff. So um, I'm looking forward to that. So that way it makes uh, it a little bit easier for me to interact with people and stuff. Um, and also be in contact for people who want me to be on their podcasts or mm. invite me to events or do whatever. Um, so yeah, mm. look forward to that also. And please, please, if you can call in on Friday, 6.30 central time uh, to my show, I would love to talk to you about, I mean, whatever you want to talk about really, but hopefully it would be street of business technology related or something like it. I'll put the number again. It's 512-686-0279. Um, and I, it would just be an, a, a real blast to get more people on. Um, definitely uh, once we start going live and stuff, if people start sharing it and just telling people what we're doing, then it would be a really help, a really good help to kind of get things started. So. Yeah. And if you if you're a theist, if you believe in a God and you've you've always toyed with the idea of calling into the atheist experience, but you might be a little bit afraid of doing so because that, you know, they might, I don't know, hang up on you or or ridicule or something. Um, give Dan, a, give Dan a try. Listen, you know, he's he's been he's been a believer. He's gone through SE. He, he's trying this different approach. So, yeah, if, if you if you want to have someone hear you out or someone challenge you a little bit in a respectful way, then I would suggest that you, uh, you give, uh, the, the guys that talk heathen a try or, or Dan at the, at the same number. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to have anybody on, uh, yeah, we're definitely trying a different approach here that hasn't been done from the ACA before. So, uh, we need all kinds of different perspectives on life so that we can kind of just talk about that together. I think that would be really, really awesome. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering too, if your age might, might appeal to a younger crowd maybe so i will be like the youngest host of a show from the aca like ever mm. i'm pretty sure so dang that'd be cool uh, yeah how is how last thing how is your facebook group working out for the younger folks we've been um so i just been busy with all these different kinds of projects and stuff um we wanted to kind of revitalize it with the ssa thing um but uh Part of that was also getting in contact with all the leaders and stuff and getting those um, leadership assignments kind of work out first. Um, and I think we've kind of run into a snag on that. So um, it, we're, there's not much on there right now, but if you do post on there or you want to post things, you can still find it. It is the Young Street Epistemologist group on Facebook. I'm still running it along with um, several other people that you probably recognize. So definitely check that out if you want a place for people who are closer to my age want to kind of talk about this stuff so mm -hmm. i'm thinking that maybe at some point facebook might not be the best place for young people to learn about se yeah i don't think so either um it's kind of interesting because like my kids the, don't want to be on it they, they right it's for old old and dead people so we have the um the reddit um that yeah i don't Tyrone, I just posted on that today. Mm -hmm. I know Tyrone and Reed and you post on there. Um, I would love to get like a Twitch chat. Oh, wait, are you talking about Reddit or Discord? I'm at Reddit, but yeah, also okay. Discord. Discord is what I meant to say, not Twitch. But um, yeah, we don't have a Discord yet. Yeah, we do. We do have a Discord? There, How do I? Oh, 
Okay, how do I not know that we have a Discord? Uh, if you no. take a look at, you know, every month or so I post links to all the different SE properties. Oh, okay. One has been added recently near the bottom, and it's the Discord server. So there is okay. a Discord. Yeah, there's, so we have there's a Reddit and a Discord. But okay. um, are young people using that, or are they more sort of an Instagram? Like, my kids are always on Instagram and Snapchat. Well, yeah, but those aren't really forums for people to kind of talk about this stuff. I think probably Discord would be our next big thing okay. if we wanted to kind of. There's somebody who volunteered, and they set something up. I think Reed is an admin on it, and it seems to be fairly active. Oh, nice. Okay. So for some reason, I was not in the loop on that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I guess go check that out if you like Discord. Cool. All right, cool. Well, I guess uh, we'll wrap it up here. Dan, good to see you again. Keep up the great work. Thanks, Don't man. Don't get you too, too overwhelmed. If you do, reach out. I appreciate that. Yeah, and thank you to everyone who's always been really supportive of me up to this point. Um, new things are happening, and it's kind of exciting and also exhausting. So thanks, everyone. Really appreciate it. All right. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. See ya. Street Epistemology is a technique by Dr. Peter Bogosian in his book, A Manual for Creating Atheists, and his Android and iOS app, Atheos.